You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 204 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's episode, a couple of moves that we figured would happen happened, but uh, then the baseball gods placed them just hours apart and broke our hearts for the rest of Tuesday, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, so what's next in store for the A's with Marcus Simeon and Tommy LaStella officially off the table? That's what we're going over today, so uh, yeah, before I get into that stuff, though, please follow us on on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So first things first, the news from Tuesday stings like a lot. It did not feel good, but it's also a very familiar sting for us A's fans. Since the end of the season, I've been trying to get everybody ready for Simeon's likely departure. It just felt like there was enough upside with him. And given the shortstop market, that teams would bet on that upside over Didi Gregorius and Andrelton Simmons. And uh, it, it turns out a team did. And uh, he's going to get paid $18 million to go play with the Toronto Blue Jays, who were looking like a very fun team come 2021. Just don't tell my boss, Sean, that uh, I said that because uh, he will rub that in my face all the time. He is from Toronto or it lives in Canada. One of the two, same thing. <laughs> so yeah, anyways, uh, Marcus Simeon is now going to be a part of the Toronto Blue Jays for the 2021 season. Season. They inked him for one year and $18 million, which could be a steal if he puts up those MVP numbers like he did in 2019. But uh, he's still a little bit, he's he's a variable guy. So I don't know if we're going to be seeing more 2018, 2017 Marcus Simeon or 2020 Marcus Simeon, or if we're going to see that third place finish MVP Marcus Simeon from 2019. So uh, that's probably why the A's didn't want to take that gamble, even at like $15 million. Because I think that they would have signed for one year, $15 million to stay in Oakland and not be across the country, not even across, across the continent and then in a different country. I think today would have taken $3 million less to, uh, you know, be at home. So that's something that the A's didn't do. And we'll get into that here in a little bit, but we got to break down the news and all that stuff. So let's break it down, I guess. And I know that I just said all those nice things about the contract, but um, I, I don't know that the A's would have offered him a contract like that even before the pandemic. I don't think that this is pandemic related. I think that the A's just don't make, you know, $20 million contract offers to uh, players, even if they really like them. Uh, and this is $18 million, which isn't the same. And uh, I know that Chris Davis is making 16.7. He's getting, you know, a decent amount or is it 17.6? It, it switched. I don't know. Uh, he's getting paid a decent amount of money. But uh, I don't know that the A's were going to be filling that one-year void for that much money at shortstop. Uh, I, I think that they were probably going to tap out around. Maybe they'd offer him two years at 20 or something like that. And he's like, oh, I'll take one in 18. Um, it, that's just how I see it happening because the A's don't like spending lots of money on players. Uh, Steven Biscotti, I think, is their most ex second most expensive player behind Chris Davis at like $7.3 million. They don't pay players money. And so it was kind of easy to see that the, the writing could be on the wall for Marcus, even though he's a homegrown, not homegrown talent, but he's from the area and uh, all that stuff. So, yeah, it stinks. It, it's not fun because... You grew to love Marcus. He's a, he's a team leader. He's a big presence in the clubhouse. Everybody loved him. It's going to be hard to replace the teammate aspect of him 
in that clubhouse uh, as a team leader and somebody that everybody loved in the clubhouse. I think that that's going to be the biggest hole in the A's, you know, uh, moving forward into the 2021 season. I don't know that they can replace that. They can replace his stats by signing somebody on the free agent market. Well, not anymore. I'll get into that here in a second. Uh, they can make a trade for somebody and replace his stats, or they could do it on the aggregate and, you know, make some ad- adjustments here, you know, sign this guy, sign this guy. And then all of a sudden, uh, between shortstop and second base, you, you have an improvement in the middle infield, or, you know, you're at least holding steady, but they're not going to be able to replace Marcus Semien, the man in that clubhouse. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that could come into play come in 2021. Uh, it's probably going to, and they're probably not going to be able to replace him on the aggregate at this point anyway, uh, even if they, because they're not going to want to spend any money. That's the thing. They're not going to try and replace him in the aggregate. So what what the hell does it even matter? Um, yeah. Uh, I know that this tone of voice is not ready for this transition, but here we go. If you want to look at this optimistically, <laughs> then Marcus actually spent a decent amount of time with the A's uh, compared to previous fan favorites like Yoana Cespedes and Josh Donaldson. Uh, they were only here for a couple of seasons whereas uh, Simeon was here since 2015. We got to see him grow up a little bit. We got to see him get better at defense. So we had some fun times with Marcus Simeon. But on the flip side of that, if the A's spent money like a team that was trying to win and cared about their fan base, then Simeon would have been an easy re-sign. He's at least league average, at the very worst. He's league average. You can hold status quo for a couple more seasons and then figure out when Nick Allen's going to make his debut. It's not that complicated. So uh, there's always going to be complicated feelings, though, when a fan favorite finds a new team. Marcus was loved in the clubhouse as I said before, and I don't think that that's replaceable. And that's something that I want to hammer home to you guys. I know that they can get his stats and all that stuff, but I I know that he's beloved in that clubhouse. And I think that people have been underestimating that, myself included. So uh, maybe not Susan Slusser because she's on top of everything, but she's not on the beat anymore. Anyways, um, that just kind of reminds me of the the Yoana Cespedes deal in 2014 where, you know, he went away and then they started tanking because he was the heart and soul of that team. Everybody loved him. Ryan Cook, never really regained what he was after that trade. Um, and it, I mean, sure, part of it was he was a big bat in the lineup, and so he didn't have to be really scared of like Brandon Moss or anybody else anymore. Um, but the other part of it was he was the heart and soul of that team, and people loved being around him. He made people loose, and uh, you take that away, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, you're not as good. And with Marcus being a hometown guy, I think that if ownership had offered him something similar to what he got with Toronto, I think he would have taken it even with a hometown discount. If that was $14, $15 million for one season, he would have probably taken that. And then they could, you know, hey, this is farewell tour or whatever. And then Nick Allen could take over in 2022. I think that that would be the best way to go about this, but uh, they, they didn't. And from the front office's perspective, the Marcus Simeon project has probably got to be viewed as a wild success. They acquired him in the Jeff Samarja deal where they gave up one year of the shark and got a number of solid years from Simeon, including a third place MVP finish in 2019. And there were other players involved too, but Simeon ended up being the biggest piece of that deal. And they've got to be happy with themselves in that respect on the business side. And while fan bases, you know, us, the fans love to win trades that their team's involved in. They also want to know that the team is trying to compete. And instead, there's a petition going around online right now looking for John Fisher to sell the team. After a couple of hours online, it has 500 signatures. People do not like that guy. And to that point, I posted a quick video previewing this episode on our Instagram page at Locked On A's, which is something I'm going to be doing more of. So uh, follow us at Locked On A's on Instagram. Um, And one person commented that they want me, Jason Burke, to replace John Fisher as the owner of the Oakland A's. And uh, I replied saying, 
Uh, sorry to disappoint you, but I have even less cash on hand than him. So, I mean, th thank you. I appreciate that, but I also don't have any money. So <laughs> maybe once our stimulus checks get here and, the, and they're $2,000, not $1,400, maybe once that happens, then I'll, I'll uh, ring up John Fisher and be like, hey, I got $2,000. What say you? <laughs> Anyways, that is beside the point. The point here is that the fans are mad, and each iteration of letting our best players walk or trading them away just dwindles our numbers even more, and that's why everybody makes fun of Ace fans is because there's nobody in the stands, and it's because ownership doesn't treat us like we matter. And uh, it's getting old, and it certainly didn't help that the Giants were coming to terms with Tommy LaStella just an hour after the Simeon news, so let's get into that part of it too, because uh, the Simeon part was, the Simeon signing was only the first part of our sadness tonight. So uh, a lot of fans online were ready for the Simeon news, but we're hit a little bit harder by the LaStella signing. And I get that because he has less of a track record, less upside. He hasn't you know, been an MVP finisher by any means, but uh, he would have been more affordable. So in, you know, Aisland, you're like, hey, we might be able to get this guy. And then when you don't, you're like, ah, this stinks. What, what the hell? Um, he, he also plays second base, which they don't have an heir apparent uh, to play that position. So, you know, Nick Allen's not going to be playing the entire middle infield by himself. So they could have signed him for a couple of years if they wanted to, maybe two years, $20 million. That could have gotten the job done. We don't know what the actual contract is for Tommy LaStella, but I'm pretty sure that two years and $20 million is going to be right around where it is. If it's a multi-year deal, it could be one year, $10 million or something like that. And if you're Tommy LaStella and the A's and Giants both offer you the same amount, you're living in probably the same city as you would be anyway. And, uh, the A's are going to be in contention for the AL West at the very least, maybe uh, for the, the World Series, and the Giants suck. So it would be a really easy decision to make, I think, if you're Tommy LaStella, if they offer you the exact same amount. But again, as I'm recording this, the terms of the deal have not been announced. Maybe they signed him for like two years and $40 million because that's something that the Giants would do. And then I get it a little bit more. But I would like to wish Tommy Lestella luck, but uh, he is going to San Francisco. So instead, I'll just say uh, pack a sweater because it gets freaking cold. Um, you're going to no shorts ever. You don't wear shorts in San Francisco. You wear a sweatshirt and jeans every day. That's what I did for 10 years. And uh, it, it did OK for me. So get rid of all your shorts, Tommy. That's my advice for you. Um, I do want to wish Marcus the best of luck with the Blue Jays, though. Uh, they're going to be an exciting team on the rise, along with the White Sox and Padres. And now with Marcus in Toronto, I'm going to be pulling for them as the young upstart team that has a lot of exciting players on there. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I'll also be pulling for the A's, but you, you got to have fun with these other teams that are, you know, trying. I like teams that try. But anyways, give them hell, Marcus, and make sure that they know that the Raptors championship was a fluke. They couldn't do that again if they tried. I mean, they could. And wait until Clay gets healthy, and then let's have them rematch. Um, anyways, coming up on the show, I'm going to be talking about what's next for the A's moving forward. So stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I'll be right back. Today's show is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever. And this one is the built bars that are even more deliciouser than the last iteration. And uh, they, they sent us a box. These ones are actually, the other ones were good. These ones are really good. So uh, when they say that they're deliciouser, I believe them. But let's get into the copy. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. They still got their original 12 flavors like Raspberry, German Chocolate, Orange, uh, Double Chocolate, Toffee Almond, Coconut, Peanut Butter Brownie. They're all pretty decent, if you ask me. And that is high praise coming from me. I, th I say things like pretty decent to be like, yes, I am totally on board with that thing. Um, that's just how I talk, apparently. 
Anyways, all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars. And the Built Bars are built for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. So all you got to do to get your hands on some of these delicious treats is go to BuiltBar.com. Write the code Locked On. That is one word, Locked On, and you will get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's show is also brought to you guys by rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review if you do. Please uh, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So after the news broke last night, Tim Kawakami of The Athletic released some of his conversation with Billy Bean in article form. It's going to be a podcast on Wednesday, apparently. Uh, according to the article, it's going to be a podcast, but this was all written down in front of me, so that was fun. And one line did not fill me with confidence from this article, and uh, they were talking about the shortstop situation after Marcus Simeon had signed, and uh, Billy Bean just said, quote, Right now, it's an unanswered question that, to be totally frank with you, I think we're a little bit concerned with, end quote. And uh, that's not great. So let's get into it. What's going to happen at shortstop and second base after uh, Tommy LaStella and Marcus Simeon signed elsewhere? The outlook already wasn't that great on finding an adequate replacement, even with those two guys on the market. Um, they they got to, you know, held steady. Hopefully you'd want to upgrade a little bit if you could or get one and then upgrade somewhere else or do some stuff on the aggregate. But uh, even just holding the line does not sound like a good proposition right now. So, uh, yeah, it, it, sure, this is fun. And uh, to make matters worse, Angelton Simmons also signed with the Twins on Tuesday night. So uh, there's one remaining shortstop on the market, and that is D.D. Gregorius. And according to John Heyman, D.D.'s top two choices are the Phillies or the Reds, and he has an asking price of two years and $30 million. And none of that sounds like it's in the EA's wheelhouse financially. They weren't mentioned by name, so I'm assuming that he's off the table as well. Uh, so then what's next from there? Uh, they could always turn to Chad Pender, which Billy Bean kind of said in the article, and it didn't sound like he really wanted to, if I'm being quite honest. But, um, you know, maybe you can hear his cadence in the in the podcast uh, on Wednesday. But um yeah, it didn't sound like he wanted to because Chad Pender has played all of 224 innings at shortstop in four major league seasons. That's uh, that's not experience you want to bet a championship berth on. The only way that they're going to be getting somebody who would be an upgrade over Marcus Simeon at shortstop would be via trade. And uh, there aren't that many guys via trade that would be available and would be upgrades. And uh, it's basically 
Javi Baez, who I have been standing for hard on this podcast for like the last two weeks. Um, just after they started trading away like you Darvish, I was like, hey, you know, if they're going to just start selling guys, we could use a shortstop. And Javi Baez seems like a lot of fun. So um, hopefully, but I don't think that's a reasonable expectation at this point either, because uh, he's owed $11.2 million, I believe, after he settled in arbitration with, uh, with the Cubs. So I think in all honesty, I it looks like handing the reins to Nick Allen early on in the season, maybe not on opening day, but early on in the season could be the way to go because he at least gives you a solid glove that can play in the big leagues right now. His bat would presumably come along at some point. I don't know if it would be a stellar bat. If he hit like 250, I'd be stoked. But if he give you, if he can give you a you know gold glove defense, sure, I'll take that. That sounds great. That sounds wonderful. I don't need, you know, Jonathan VR or anybody like that playing shortstop. Um, even Chad Bender, I'd rather him be versatile and able to move around everywhere. G- give me Nick Allen. Sure. Right, let's go with that. If we're not going to get hobby bias. So moving on to second base, if Chad Pender is playing shortstop, then I say uh, go out and get Hanser Alberto. He's been with the Orioles for the last couple of seasons. He's been really good. He crushes lefties and he'd be a nice platoon partner with Tony Kemp or Vimy Almachin. I assume Tony Kemp just because he's the veteran um, and Vimy Almachin has options. So I would assume Tony Kemp, but you know, I, I like Vimy Almachin quite a bit. So uh, we stand for him as well. Anyways, uh, Alberto could probably be had a, a one year, two to three million dollar range. And uh, if John Fisher can't afford that, then maybe I should own the team. Random commenter from Instagram. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> There's still, you know, Sheldon Noisy and Pete Cosma and I really don't want to see Pete Cosma in Green and Gold. No, no offense to Pete Cosma. It just means that uh, nothing's going right and the season is done. So I, I guess I do mean offense to Pete Cosma, but like indirectly, not like on a personal level. I mean more as like as an A's fan. Uh, shots fired. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pete. Anyways, uh, they, they got Sheldon Noise and Pete Cosma in the minors along with Nick Allen, but nobody that's really inspiring a lot of hope if they are pushed into regular playing time. So, I mean, they, they got to make a move to make an upgrade and inspire some up, get, get people to watch the team. Cause right now, and you're like, yeah, sure. Maybe they win the West. Maybe they're second or third place. I don't know. It kind of doesn't matter at this point. Cause they're not going to win the championship with all these teams that are making all these moves. Um, Colton Wong's a free agent and he would bring some hope along with him. And that would, you know, get some people to tune a little bit, but the Cardinals declined his $10 million option for the 2021 season. So I'm guessing that he's going to be looking for around that much when he signs in free agency. And, uh, that means that he's off the table for the A's cause John Fisher does not like to pay money. Okay. Actually, maybe I spoke too soon. The only way that John Fisher is okay with signing any of these guys spending any sort of money is if he sees the fan reaction to Tuesday's news and changes course like he did when he decided not to pay minor leaguers last summer. Uh, and then he, you know, changed that course and was like, eh, sure, I'll be a decent human being and pay these people. Uh, but the chances of lightning striking twice do not seem high. So I'm not holding my breath on that one. So, you know, on a larger scale, I guess, what's next for the A's as a whole? Uh, I've been saying it for a while, but it kind of feels like 2021 is the last year before the A's trade away Chapman and Olsen, because if the team is in such dire financial trouble, then why would they keep paying these two guys into their, you know, second year of arbitration, third year of arbitration? It's just a matter of time before they trade them away because John Fisher can't afford them anymore. And uh, I think that the only way that the A's keep both of these guys, maybe they can trade one and it'd probably be Chapman, but the only way that they keep both of them going into the 2022 season is if 
it's looking like there's going to be a lockout for next season after a contentious CBA negotiation, and they're not getting the kind of offers that they're looking for. I could see that tanking them and making them hold on to their assets for another year and waiting for things to get better and all that stuff. So it's not looking great, and I'm sorry to, you know... <laughs> bring you down on Wednesday after a, after a rough Tuesday, but I got to come with the realness on this one. I think that there's a big transitional period coming in Oakland, you guys. And I mean, we already lost Susan Slusser. Billy Bean could seemingly be gone at any time. Chapman and Olsen would be hot commodities on the trade block along with Ramon Laureano and probably Frankie Montas if he puts together a pretty decent season. Chris Bassett, if he, you know, keeps where he was already, even if he went to like a 3-5 ERA, he'd still be a hot commodity. Uh, oh, also, uh, Billy Bean, he's going to be with the A's through the 2021 season at the very least because uh, his deal fell through to work with John Henry for a second time, and I just found that funny. Uh, that's a, That got pushed down on the queue of things to talk about today. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to get real bad real soon. Um, I think we got one more year of happiness before we go into another rebuild. So uh, have fun in 2021, you guys. Hopefully the A's make some moves and, uh, you know, put put a smile on our face for one more year before we get to see another rebuild. Um, but that's that's really why I just want one more season. Just sign Wong, trade for Javi Baez, then blow it up if you got to. But give us that one more season, that one more run, and then... Uh, uh, I'll be happy. I'll be a little bit kinder on the podcast and whatnot. Also, John Fisher is helpful team. Um, yeah, so anyways, that's it for me today, guys. Uh, hopefully, I, I didn't sour the mood too much, but uh, I think that that's kind of where all of our heads are at right now. So um, if you got a mailbag question for us, please email them to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Twitter or Instagram at LockedOnAs. Um, I've got a mailbag episode coming up hopefully later this week, unless news keeps happening. Uh, so make sure to get those questions in real quick, and then I can answer those on Friday. So uh, until next time, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk at you guys soon, hopefully on a happier note. <laughs>